And you are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. I am your host, Tristy Taylor. Today and now in this moment, we are spilling rubies because as Clarissa Pincole Estes once said, to create, one must be willing to be stone stupid, to sit upon a throne on top of a donkey and spill rubies from one's mouth. Tonight is episode 15. I'm sorry about missing last week, everybody. I actually went up to Portland, Oregon for the last week of 2014. And one of the things I brought back with me was a terrible flu. Fortunately, I also brought back some really fun recordings with some extremely talented Portland improvisers. So in this week's episode, we sit down with The Knockouts, an improv trio consisting of Adrian Flagg, Scott Engdahl, and Brad Fortier. Hopefully I am pronouncing all of your names correctly. We'll hear you pronounce them correctly in a moment. I also brought back some really great local music from Portland, so I hope you really enjoy this PDX episode of Spilling Rubies. Let's start things off with a local Portland band, Houndstooth, with Beekeeper. Give you 
are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. And you just heard Portland band Houndstooth with Beekeeper from their 2013 album Ride Out the Dark. Now, I had planned to take this trip to Portland solo, but of course, Dr. Shauna, unlicensed sex therapist, insisted on joining me and, of course, she found some people to help. And I was able to catch some of it on my little recorder. Now, I'm kind of new at this remote recording scene, so it's a little echoey, but it's still quite listenable, I think. So let's find out who Dr. Shauna met on the streets of Portland, Oregon. And I am on KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. As you know, I am traveling up the coast, up north into the, the hinterlands, the winterlands. As I went through snow, it was frightening. I made it. This is Dr. Sean, our licensed sex therapist. I'm sitting with some wonderful people here, and they are, uh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm in Portland, as you know. They're, everyone's got problems, you know. Everyone's got problems all over the world. And uh, I've, I, I'm here in Portland, and I think there are some people who want to talk to me, so I'm happy to be here. Who's first? Um, my name is Laverne. Laverne. And I, I'm here with my son, Howie, and his friend. Richard. Um, so I am concerned for my son. You're concerned for Howie. I am concerned for Howie. Because I would like Howie, I had a wonderful marriage. Uh, and I, don't roll your eyes, Howie. They can um, feel it through the radio. I would like Howie to have a nice relationship too. Wouldn't that be nice, Richard? And, and Richard, who are you, Richard, in this scenario, can you say? I'm Howie's boyfriend. Okay. Howie and See, Richard. See, that space of silence there would have been so nice to be filled with something spectacular. Well, there were looks. I saw some looks exchanged all around. I feel tension. Do you feel tension in, the, in this room? Yeah. I yeah. feel it. Yeah, there's tension. There's a lot of tension. Uh, you know, Richard and I are just, uh, you know, we're just, we're together. We've been together for, for three years. Three, three years. years. Three years. You get to know a lot about a person in three years. Sure, sure. It's, a, it's an accomplishment. Let me tell you, three years. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, and it's been great. Uh, it's been really, really nice. They live together. Okay, we live together, that's right. yes. We met uh, at a comic book convention. That's right. And now they live together. They, that's <laughs> right. That's, that's right. Yes. Uh, I'm glad you can finally happily, say that. Oh, 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 was this a problem before? Richard says he's, uh, he was glad you finally noticed they were living together. Well, I noticed they live together. I mean, we might not have been totally upfront about our relationship. We were living together as room roommates. Air quotes roommates. Roommates and so uh, 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 closeted, as they say, at least with mom here. Well, we just, uh, I just uh, felt that it was not really any of my mom's business. Um, my mom. I feel needs to really concentrate on her life instead of I feel living vicariously through me. Can I just say something about that, Al? Yeah, well, yeah. Here we go. Mm -hmm. I love my son. He's beautiful and wonderful mm. and handsome and smart and a good picker. And you have picked a man 
who is also beautiful and handsome and smart and wonderful. And I don't understand what the big holdup is. I mean, it took forever for the laws to go through. Now the laws are through. Now what are we waiting for? I don't understand what we're waiting for. Things are fine the way they are. You don't I mean, have to rush to the altar. We really don't, you know? You know, I don't really even care if there's an altar. We could go in the woods. We could go to the beach. Yeah. We could go to... Well, you know, sometimes marriages don't work out. Sometimes that adds an extra Now, you shouldn't be bringing up anything about your father and I. That is a different thing. How did you know I was about... I didn't say anything about... It's an entire... Can I just say I didn't say anything about you and Dad's rotten, horrible stifling marriage but if you're gonna bring it up well if if you won't i will it was just awful to watch it fall apart as your roommate air quotes wow there's a lot here there's a lot here but i you know what i'm seeing communication and i think that's beautiful oh look at see i'm seeing some truth telling and i uh, admire your bravery i admire your courage for coming here together with me, Dr. Shauna, unlicensed sex therapist, and asking for help. And I'm here to help. Now, Laverne, did I, that's right, right, great, Laverne. So obviously you love your son. Oh, of course I love my son. What's, he's easy to love, right, Richard? Of course. And obviously you love Richard, his partner in life. Kinda. Kind of partner in life or kind of love? She kind of loves me. Oh. I adore him. I think it would be fair and easy to say I adore Richard. She's obviously, knows she's on the radio. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, she's been really nice to Richard and everything, but, uh, you know, sometimes I, it's pretty obvious that you're, you're trying to change Richard from who he really is into what you want him to be. Shauna. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to defend all my son. I'm saying. It's the whole milk for free. You know how they have it applied to women. Oh I don't know what the analogy would be for men, but it's, my son has good milk, see, and I see, would hate for it to always be given again. away for free. She's talking for him again. Yeah, yeah. But they love each other. I don't understand what the problem is. There is no problem. There is no problem. There we, is a problem. It's that there's three of us all the time, and not just two of us. Yeah, that is, that is the problem. Well, I mean, you you're mean, over at our apartment constantly. Constantly. How often are you at their apartment, Laverne? Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. For how long are these visits? Well, it depends if we make dinner or not. But it yeah. also depends on how much laundry there is to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and she stops in on Mondays and calls a lot on Fridays. Right. And then holidays, Christmas, you were there for 10 days solid. Well, we could have stayed over at my house, or we could have gone to the beach. I Have you gotten a chance to drive up the coast? It's so beautiful out here at the coast. We, tr- we tried to get you a hotel room at the coast so you could have your weekend away. Yeah. You know, you do need to spend some time alone. You need to pursue your own life, Mom. This is about the cruise. We went on a cruise together about a year ago. This is just about the cruise. Tell me about the cruise. Well, we were supposed to go on the cruise, and last minute, who comes running up the gangplank saying, guess who got a ticket? Guess who got a ticket? But I upgraded us to a suite. 
It was palatial. It was so beautiful. I didn't know it was mostly a gay cruise, but they are such nice, nice people. They were lovely. Yeah, but you know how mortifying that is. You're the only mom on the gay cruise, and they loved. We were getting mocked. Like, oh, look who brought mommy. I still have pen pals from that cruise. Antonio and Rodrigo, they write every month and they send pictures. They're adorable. Wow. So first and foremost, what I am seeing here are some boundary issues. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boundary issues. Yep. That's exactly it. We need a border, not a boundary. A wall with a razor wire on top of it. Some German shepherds and a spotlight and a guy in a tower with a gun. Those are those are very strong boundaries. I think. Well, we can be... you know, there's a mom. You're like you're like you're an invasive force. Sure, yeah, yeah, you are. Well, when we start buying our own groceries and doing our own laundry, then maybe we won't need as much help from one's mother. Now, Howie, is this true? You don't do your own laundry? It's I, both of them. Richard, you don't do your own laundry? You, we you let Laverne do it? I did until she moved in. We would do it ourselves. We just like to let it pile up a little bit mm. is all. <laughs> I mean, you're running around the apartment. You're scooping up every sock and every pair of underwear that hits the floor. They put the underwear on the floor. Well, it's the, it's the staging. It's, it's our floor. We it's do pay the floor. rent. We it's our pay, floor. We do pay the rent. Well... Mm. Now, we have a laundry basket. The floor is just a staging area, and then we move it to the. If you would let us, we know how to do laundry. We know how to mm. take care of ourselves. Now, Howie, I have a question for you. Yes. When was the last time that you said a clear no to your mother? Well. <laughs> uh, sounds actually, like it has a great been a question. while. That's actually a great question. Well, it's not. It's it's difficult, Richard. It okay? is, and I've it's asked my you. mom. I know, and I've asked you. She, I mean, she has feelings. What would happen if your son said no to you, Laverne? What would happen to you? Well, I'd know about what? Anything. You you offer to do something? Oh, he says no. He protests all the time. No, 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 no. No, I don't like what you bought me to wear. No, I don't like that type of cereal. No, we don't want to go on a cruise. He says no all the time. But what if Howie were to say, no, mother, I don't want to see you for a whole week. You can't come over. What would happen to you? Well, I can tell you exactly what would happen. It's called waterworks. Yeah. I, but, so the tears would come. You cry. But it's not just crying. It's like wailing and mm. the tearing oh, of clothes no, and the gnashing. No, oh, they're exaggerating. We are not exaggerating. I have, I have a video to show you later. Oh, video! If only, if only <laughs> we could show that on the radio. My goodness. Maybe. Well, here I can whip it out, and you can at least hear the uh, audio to the video. Don't, 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 Look, don't do that, you're gonna have, All right, hold on. Richard, we're queuing it up. We're all gonna hear it. Richard, this here is it is. A, this is from. May 24th, 2011. I just want to go to brunch with you. And we were 
Stop Mother, you're making a scene. Please but stop it's it. Brunch. Can it's we go inside? But, but we're, we're we're going to Seattle. We have we have plans to go yeah. to Seattle. Well, we can have brunch in Seattle. I don't care. How long is the drive? Richard, put the camera down. Well, Mom, could, could your mom pull her her skirt up? And jeez, you should yeah, have you told me that you were Mom, going to Seattle instead of we, sneaking around. No, we, oh, uh, can we not do this in the parking lot? Can you please just lot? turn that off, Richard? <laughs> Richard. So oh, that was uh, yeah. yeah yeah. So you're you're up against something here, Howie and Richard. Can I just say that was my anniversary weekend from my horrible marriage, and it was the first anniversary weekend I was going to be celebrating alone. And I go over to their house as I always do on Sundays, and they're packing up the car like they're going on a trip somewhere without any thought to what that day might mean to me. Mm-hmm. It was a difficult day. LeBron, when was the last time you were alone, doll? When were you alone by yourself for more than 24 hours? Well, I came from a big family, you see. So we, we just spent all this time together. And so we would spend time, it was my aunts, I had four aunts, and my grandmother. My mother wasn't around as much, but we were always together. We come from that kind of family. Yes, yes, I understand. So I think the answer to the question is never. It sounds like it, mm. sounds like it. Okay. Well, when your father moved us up here to the Northwest, it was entirely different because I'm from San Francisco. You've seen all my families down in San Francisco and they get together all the time. They have two houses right side by side. So it's back and forth all the time. It's we're passionate people. Okay, I'm gonna give you, Laverne, I'm going to give, well, you can live on Howie and Richard. I want you all to have this mantra, okay? Are you ready to hear it? I'm going to give it to you right now. Uh, and then I'm sure. going to explain yeah, what sure. it is. That's fine. I'm going to say, well, it's a two-parter. First part? I need to write this down. Please, you, you, give me that tablet. You, have the you don't need how to write it, it down. How about I just record it on my phone? <coughs> I can't <laughs> listen to I What am I going to do when I go home? I can put it up. Give on me YouTube. a piece of paper, Laverne. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you your own recorded archive of this piece, this radio piece. I, then you, will you print it out for my yes. email? I don't know how to open my own email. Oh well, all right. Well, but he'll print it out for me, won't you? Yes. I'll, pr- I'll print it out for you, Laverne. I don't want Howie to be a part of this. Okay. There he's, you go. He's, li- he's gonna, well, he's gonna hold the mantra in his heart because it applies to Howie as well. But. I'm going to give it to you right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I wish I had paper. You, it, you'll get it, Laverne. No. I promise you, you'll get it. First part, strong boundaries, open heart. Okay? Second part. That's already two parts. There's part, strong boundaries, part one, open heart, part two. I kind of wish I had a paper. It's second half. Mm. No boundaries, closed heart. Are you are you hearing what I'm laying down? No for you? boundaries, closed heart. Got that one. Yep. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 Strong boundaries, open heart. Now strong that is boundaries, how. Strong boundaries, open, open heart. heart. You got him. Mm-hmm. Strong this boundaries. This is for you open too, Howie. This is for I, you I too. Got it. Yeah, it's yeah. A, I'm not the problem here. It's a family. We're working together. See how we are a family, Richard. I have tried to build boundaries, but each brick I lay is knocked down. But see, we're building family, Richard. That's what I'm trying to tell which you. Which circles us back to this whole marriage issue, which is a whole another piece that Laverne brought up. Mm. Now, Laverne, you must understand. These two, they get to decide if and when they want to marry. It's not up to you. It's true. That's right. And they can still be a loving couple and not be married. 
It's a new age. It's a new dawn. But we fought hard to get the marriage here in the state. Um, we we all you. fought. We thank all you. wore our buttons, didn't we? Yeah. All wore our buttons. We all wore our buttons, but the, you know, the marriage is for people that want to be married, and for Richard and I, just we feel like we don't need that. But they do everything else that a married couple would do. Everything else. They live together. They blah blah blah. I just, just think say, it would be nice. We have sex. Oh. We have sex. I just think it would be nice to have a party to celebrate the whole kibosh. Well, you could have a party. You I want a party, a party, and I want you to register for some things. Uh, we are registered. We're, we're registered to get all of the most recent Marvel comics. Mm -hmm. We are registered to get mm -hmm. all of the announcements for Marvel comic movies. The action figures. The action figures. We're, we're registered at the Disney store. Yep. The Disney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what they like. Laverne, You've it's all seen right. our place. You know what it's like. You know what we like. Now, Laverne, I don't want you to leave this moment, this interview, this radio time together feeling like we've somehow ganged up on you. Mm. Yeah, I, that's important. That's an important part. Oh, don't backpedal now, Howie. It's a, Howie. important. We're not attacking you. We want good things for you. Don't poke me. I would like to see you in a relationship of your own. As would I. When was the last time you went on a date, Levin? <laughs> I'm 69 years old. We, I'm we not tried going to, to go get on her a date. date with my uncle, but she wouldn't have it. She's that like, would I be don't like practically incest. It's not incest. It's not incest. You're completely. You're genetically completely different. There's no bloodline there. He's a good man. He's a good. He's a he's great a guy. He's about four foot seven, is what he is. He's a good provider. Size doesn't matter. Sure. That's right. It's how you uh, use it. He's, he may be <laughs> short in stature, but he's a healthy guy. He is. And nice. You said he had a pleasant laugh. Could we maybe work? Remember on a, when could we work on a compromise? Of course, compromises are wonderful. You know how I feel about this. But mm -hmm. if I go out with the uncle. Mm-hmm. Can we register for some things at Macy's? I just mean like some matching dishes, matching what? sheets, this, this is and let, matching let's make silverware. A deal this is, let's make a deal. I mean, it's it's we're trying to get you a new focus. For no, your we're life. trying to get you married. But we don't want to get married we yet. Don't want to get married. The only reason they don't want to get married yet is because I accidentally brought it up first. If I just kept my big mouth shut, Richard would have been on bended knee. I know how you feel, Richard. I'm going to tell you something. And you don't know this. Richard bought a ring. Didn't what? you, Richard? It's a Green Lantern ring. Really? Yeah. It's is, a real emerald. Is it for Howie? Richard? Well, they're matching. They bought us each a you Green Lantern ring. bought us a set of rings? Well, yeah. What does this mean to you, Richard? What was the purpose of this ring purchase? It means that maybe we should defend the galaxy together. Well, I'm down for that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Can we defend the galaxy together and do a little registration at Macy's? How about if we <laughs> defend the galaxy and you go on a date? And then we register at Macy's. I don't want to register at Macy's. How about Target? How about thinkgeek.com? I want to get you some silverware. Oh, jeez. Mm. I think you can get him some silverware, Levan. I think that's fine. Right, boys? That's fine. Fine. All right. This is beautiful. I think I just witnessed a beautiful moment of healing for all of you. And I wish you 
so much joy, Richard and Howie, in your guarding the galaxy with the lanterns of the green colors. That's right. I'm pretty excited about that, yeah. Good, here yeah. it is, here it is. Oh, sweet. Oh, I wish I had this on uh, video. I'm dang. tearing up a little bit, everybody. I'm tearing wow. up a little yeah, bit. Now that, Ping. boom, that is a ring and a half. <laughs> he consulted me on the size of the ring. It was such a lovely moment. It's it was, true, I did. And I kept the secret. <laughs> I kept the secret for almost a year. Almost. Now, Levon, you let them honeymoon on their own, honey, okay? You let them honeymoon on their own. Promise well, me. Well, of course, if there's a wedding, there'll be a honeymoon. And they would go on the honeymoon on their own if there's a wedding. That only makes sense. Do you feel blackmailed? I do. I feel like saying that we'll get married when you get married. How about that? There you go. How about that? Hello. It's we could even do a double ceremony, Mom. Go. Oh, How's that? now who has boundary issues? Ah. <laughs> How does it feel? The shoe's on the Stinkers. other foot now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's good for the goose is good for the other grandma. goose. Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're not a grandmother. No, that's another subject. Oh, I don't know. Let's not open point. it up. Uh, please, Richard, come on. I'm sorry. I, I, I How could you walk into that? Into a box, he opened you? the door. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have a dog. Yeah. And you are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. That was so delightful. Uh, Hello. Hi. Did you know that KWTF is supported by a grant from the Stan Roy Music Center and the Redwood Justice Fund? What about you? Do you support KWTF? If you don't, why not? It's so easy. Just visit kwtf.net and click on the membership tab. You can sign up to give once a month, and then you can feel that much better while listening to all your favorite shows and programs because you know that you are an integral part of keeping KWTF afloat. Our rickety ship needs all hands on deck, and even $10 a month can make the difference between floating and sinking. So visit kwtf.net today and become a monthly member. You'll be so glad you did. I know you will. Up next on our journey through the local Portland music scene is Genders with Golden State.
And you are tuned in to KWTF 88.1 FM Bodega Bay. You just heard Portland local band Rare Monk with Splice. Before that, you heard Lucky One by Pure Bathing Culture. And we started this Portland music set off with a band singing a song about California. That was Genders doing Golden State off their 2012 self-titled EP. Thanks to one of my first improv teachers, Tony Tabora Roberts, I got some wonderful recommendations of improvisers to meet and visit with up in Portland. And thanks to Tony, I got to meet the Knockouts, an excellent improv troupe performing locally in the Portland area. I had so much fun with Adrian Flagg, Scott Engdahl, and Brad Fortier. We talked, we improvised, and we laughed a lot. It was so much fun. So in this next recording, the knockouts are going to introduce themselves. And there's a joke about threesomes that will be lost on you because of a story that was shared that I didn't have time to include in this episode. And after the introductions, we go right into a very powerful example of how these players connected with each other. And it does involve death and guns. So prepare thyself. So are you guys in a group together? I mean, Tony, We're like... We're actually in a threesome. Oh, you are! <laughs> <laughs> you are not called Mr. Threesome. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Threesome. We're in the knockouts. It's oh, the three of us. Oh, yeah. nice. Fantastic. Um, first of all, my name is Brad Fortier. And my name is Scott Ingdahl. Uh, my name is Adrian Flagg. What's interesting to me is like we came together as improvisers. We have a similar aesthetic and similar desires in how we want to grow as improvisers. But immediately, I think it was right around the time of our first show, um, your mom fell ill, my father passed away, mm -hmm. and then your father passed away yeah. within a month of, of each other, like yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. And it was just such a strange thing but also so nice to have people that we could share that with right you know? yeah just that sort of ability to check in at the top of a rehearsal and be like so it's the report today <laughs> right. Yeah. right how's your heart feeling <laughs> is it weighty or is it light you know wow yeah that can only add to like your group mind and your trust and connection i would think absolutely how i'll be going through a version of that that's amazing. I think it even led to discussions of different, like doing a scripted show called Our Father's Guns. I'm still yeah. all about that. I'm telling you. There's what, a, what are the gun part? Well, I went over to Scott's house one day because we were going to do a duo show. So I went over to your house to meet you there. And we're, I'm sitting on the couch and we're talking about the show. And I look over and he's got this posse of guns leaned up in the corner like a whole I don't even know like a there's a an armament in the right. corner it's like jeez I didn't know Scott was a survivalist yeah. what is happening He's ready for anything He's like Adrian it's the end time yeah so, <laughs> so but you had said that yeah and I'm like you know the most liberal not gun person I got this stack of firearms but my dad had guns and uh, and so they they came to me, and then the same thing happened. Same thing, yeah. So here I am, like I, I grew up on a farm, and I know I have a pellet gun, which that to me is is you know it's like a BB gun. It's a gun. I'd rather not have it, but I have it. Mm -hmm. um, but now I also have this handgun, which I, I'm like I don't I don't like handguns. I don't know what to do with this handgun. I don't even know if I'm supposed to have this handgun. <laughs> It was, you know, but it was the thing that my dad had, and he put it under the front seat anytime we went traveling, that kind of thing. And now, so now I have this little in the safe, and every time I go to take out like fancy jewelry, where I'm like, ah, 
Adrian, the worst mobster ever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love the fine gems and then the handgun together. And then you have a gun too, Brad. Yeah. Uh, well, my father is a retired police officer, so when he goes, I'm going to end up with a lot of guns too. But uh, yeah, I've got my uncle when I graduated from grade school, eighth grade, gave me like this Civil War black powder pistol. Wow. It looks like the pistol from, what is it, Pale Rider that Clint Eastwood was in? It's crazy. Um, and then a friend of mine needed money, and he was going to travel. He's like, well, I can't take this forty-five with me. He's like, you want to buy it? So I can, because I could really use the money. So I bought this forty-five for 150 bucks from him. But and I don't know you can't see this listening to us, but if you put the <clears throat> three of us together and then you put all the rest of Portland together, we're not the people you would pick out that would have guns. Right. Um, we couldn't even believe it when we all realized the, <laughs> that we all oh, had yeah. guns. Like, yeah. what? You're all <laughs> accidental gun owners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our, really, it's that's it's what our, happened. Yeah. And it's just like... It's our father's gun. Our and father's it's your father's gun. But I also wow. think it's so symbolic of... Being responsible for something from your parents that is, I mean, it's loaded and you don't quite know what to do with it, but you don't want to get rid of it, or you're not even sure how to get rid of it. And I think it's such a symbol of what we are going through at this point in our lives with our parents. Yeah, because we had talked about 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 learning how to shoot these guns because we don't know how to use them. And so we were like, we should, Should I mean, our dad's guns, you can't just throw them away right. and it's not like my dad was a gun nut he hated the NRA mm-hmm. but it was you know his dad had guns and he had guns they were just you know it's the American thing growing up in eastern Oregon and it was just a thing that people had there mm-hmm. wasn't anything political about it it was just right. sort of like having a pickup truck or something right. just another but I, tool yeah but I am interested in us developing a show about that because I think that we have a lot of material to draw from and rich and then we would have a purpose for having these guns right. yes. it would make th- sense yeah. and we thought of, <laughs> we thought of having a, yeah. a, our picture taken of us holding guns yeah. to put it on Facebook oh just to gosh. freak everybody out that would be what amazing like your, your future promotional materials for your trio yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. it'll be like Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde's. Bonnie and Clyde.
just heard unannounced by portland's own modern kin from their 2013 self-titled album i had so much fun exploring the portland music scene on my trip uh, and make sure to tune in for part two of my portland journey next week where i'll have uh, more improvisers and more music Adrian, Brad, and Scott of The Knockouts and I had some really awesome conversations about art and creativity and improv, and I wanted to share this last clip where we discussed the homogenization of art and culture in our country right now and how important improv is in helping us all to find our own unique voice, as well as authentically connecting with others. I think in 1994, when I drove from New York to Portland to, to come back home and start my theater company here, I um, one of the things I loved is each state had its own unique foods. It had all its own unique vibes. And, you know, there was McDonald's on every rest stop, but you could pop into any little town and get a unique experience. Driving across since then, it's Applebee's, Applebee's, Applebee's. And I think that that's happening in the clothing industry, that there, everything is becoming so homogenized, and it's so hard for independent artists, whether they're chefs or clothing designers or writers, to be heard without the blessings of big business. It's, they're the platform to be, big business is the platform to be able to get promoted and be heard. And it's just a rare scrappy straggler that ekes its way through. And a lot of times it's a lot of hard work, but a lot of hard work meaning absolute luck. And it, mm-hmm. You know, it conditions people to, to stay away from seeking out just right. these kind of artistic things. You know, when you, when you go to Barnes, and, when everybody goes to Barnes and Nobles instead of, and sees the same books that mm-hmm. are on the same bestseller list right. and nobody is going to the local bookstore and see what local writers are putting out, what local magazines are being published. Yeah. You're conditioning a whole population to just consume this homogenized and to, product. And to not and be when, a writer. When art becomes a homogenized product, yeah. it's like... Uh, you feel like the the battle is lost. Yeah, well, and as an as a young artist, how do you go into a place like Barnes and Noble, or you know, a play like Broadway's across, Broadway mm-hmm. across America, or something like that, and even remotely think that you'd have a place in that world? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's too far removed from real experience of creating art. I yeah, think. yeah. It puts it. It makes you feel like it's it's out of your hands. You're yeah. you know you're not able right. to be 
part of what's considered to be creative. I think that for maybe for writers, maybe for visual arts artists, there's a lot of opportunity on the you know on the internet to be able to sell that way. I have some friends that have had success that way, and that would enable you to live in somewhere like I don't know, get one of those grants from Detroit where they're trying to fill parts of the city and mm -hmm. have some security that way. But I think for the most part, artists and especially performing artists, we need community. Yeah. You know, we need that creative community and these opportunities to um, spark off of one another. Well, and I think, I think that's, you know, if anything, to kind of bring it up from the doom and gloom, I think you, you're not going to be able to trample the human spirit. I mean, there's going to come a point where it just catapults back or it's, something snaps and we get back to the hunt for meaning, which mm -hmm. I think art is really kind of the path towards. And I feel like, you know, no matter what the corporations try and do and litigate, uh, it's only as long as we agree to that narrative that that narrative will stay in place. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I kind, of, I kind a, of feel like. That's a good point. People yeah. are really starting to question that narrative and like more and more people, especially, you know, I feel like millennials are kind of like really starting to lean that that way more explicitly. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they can kind of they uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully the generations can come together and agree upon what is the world that we want, mm -hmm. what is what is satisfying about life, and how do we align ourselves with that satisfaction rather than the kind of fear driven narrative that pushes us towards consumption as identity as opposed to action as identity. And that's why I, I'm excited to have more time to teach and I think it's important to continue to work with younger generations mm -hmm. and um, in the work that we do to empower them. Yeah, and engage them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Find your voice. I think that's what we all do in terms of teaching theater and teaching improvisation specifically is like marry yourself to that that thing that's uniquely you and find it and don't be afraid to like let it come out of your mouth because no one else has that right right don't be ashamed don't hide it away because it doesn't look like what you see mm -hmm. on television or and on don't, youtube and don't worry about if it's going to make you money or not like yeah. a lot of young people that mm -hmm. i've worked with are like i want to be famous i want to be famous and it's like if you can't tie yourself to that so i always ask like why do you want to be famous what is it that you want to do oh i want to own a big house why do you want to own a big house i want my whole family to be there and i want to have big parties it's like well aren't you doing that already now with your family mm -hmm. you know try to lead that conversation around to to remind people what the valuable what the valuable things are like don't chase fame right. chase those things that you want fame to give you and identify what those are yeah to like question the um you know what's being downloaded into all the brains of all the babies you know of watching whatever they're watching you know mm. just that whole critical thinking even of just like you know what you should be questioning all of this you know like why do you want a big house you know mm -hmm. that's it's so important to be at least with the young kids in my life, and you know, I, they're they're so shocked when I'm like, "Well, why do you want that, though?" Well, that's what everyone wants. Like, but no, no, everyone wants different <laughs> things, actually. <laughs> so, what do you want? Because get it's out of a, the United States for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really. Recognize you're on a planet, not Planet America. Planet mm -hmm. Earth. 
Well, this has been fantastic, yeah. you guys. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but Thanks so much. Is there for... anything else you want to share or say or promote or proselytize about or do a monologue <laughs> on? Uh, everyone should take an improv class at least once. Um, I think it's it's training for being a better human being. Yeah. Can you say more about why you think that? I agree, but. Um, because it's it's the only like system that forces you to do things like make eye contact, listen intently, use other people's ideas, you know, find your own voice. Like it's 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 a system that teaches you just that. And it's you know some people you know you might point to it and say, well, that's a little bit culty, but it's not because it doesn't demand a faithfulness to it. People stumble into it, they start practicing these techniques. And it's like they wake up from that kind of, you know, dream or nightmare or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that is just kind of going through life, you know, having your senses dulled by the constant din of, of American culture. So. Yeah, and being able to step out of, you know, this is me and this is how I see the world. Like, you know, when you're improvising, you have to be vulnerable and you have to listen and connect with another human being and be like, oh, where, where are they right now? And how can I be mm -hmm. with them and still be me in this moment? I, that's so powerful. For what I love about improv is it really does in, encourage that balance of self and ensemble. Right. And it has tools to explore and heighten both. Because uh, you can have some people that totally get the self thing, but forget about the ensemble. And you have some people that are willing to hide in the ensemble and forget the value of the self. And I think improv is a real great way to sort of take your temperature of where you're at with that and to build a better balance between those skills. Yeah, there's, there's so much joy in working collaboratively with other human beings. It uh, you know allows you to share your ideas, but also to learn from other people right, to right. use other people's ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't look into other people's eyes with fear. Right. Just because they're not a screen doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a mystery and it should be solved and it's in other people's eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good spot to stop, I think. <laughs>
Ele tem 